In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Today's epistle sounds like an exhortation for religious hypocrites. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. That is, don't be the kind of Christians who come to church, say amen to God's word, sing his praises, and then go back into the world and behave as though you hadn't heard a thing. Though Christians are frequently accused of hypocrisy, the failure to act in harmony with one's beliefs is, in fact, ubiquitously human. There are plenty of examples of, say, the free market advocate who, it turns out, has received a great deal of government support for his own business, or the environmentalist whose carbon footprint is, after all, pretty big. As Bishop Morris used to say in response to the objection that the church is full of hypocrites, there's always room for one more. The epistle says that the man who hears but does not do is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself and he goes away and he forgets what kind of person he was. When we pray and hear God's word, we remember God, we remember who we are in relationship to him. When we leave the peaceful environment of our prayer and return to the anxiety and temptation of the world around us, we can easily forget God and forget who we are in relationship to him. The result is that we behave in reaction to the pressures of the moment around us in the world rather than a reaction to the presence of Christ within us. There are two other New Testament passages that use the image of a mirror to describe our prayer. Second Corinthians says, we all with unveiled face, and the unveiled face is a reference to Moses who veiled his face when he came down Mount Sinai. It says, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory. This passage suggests growth in our prayer over time. As we persevere in our prayer, our true identity as God's children will become more fixed and solid in us. And this will make us less forgetful. We will still feel the pull of anxiety and temptation, but we will be stronger to resist it. The telos, or goal of our prayer, is what the tradition refers to as the beatific vision, as 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 says, now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Thus, our growth in prayer envisions a point of completion. Our dim vision will give way to a face-to-face encounter with God. And our true identity as his children will be fully revealed in the glorious light of his presence. 1 John 3.2 says that when God is fully revealed at the coming of Jesus, quote, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 
But we are not there yet. We live in a world of distraction that tempts us to forget God and lose ourselves. There are powerful forces, the world, the flesh, and the devil, that draw us away from our true identity. They stir up our emotions and anxiety and lead us into doubt, fear, and sometimes into actual sin. Experientially, it feels something like this. In times of prayer, we feel close to God. We confess our sins and we experience the grace of forgiveness. We feel content. We want and need things to be sure, but we commit these to God and we experience God's peace, God's joy. We also experience a sense of peace and joy in relationship with other people with whom we share faith and whom with whom we share our life of prayer. But when we leave our prayer and community and enter back into the world, our disordered desires and our discontentment are triggered and activated. We see things we want but don't have. We see people who have what we want. We watch or read the news and become angry about injustice or about the abuse of power. We become fearful. We are tempted to behave in reaction to the anxiety of the world rather than from the solid foundation of our identity in Christ. This is the spiritual battle. It is what Jesus experienced in the wilderness and in the Garden of Gethsemane. It is what Adam and Eve experienced in the garden. They spent too much time looking at the forbidden fruit and talking about it with the devil. They forgot God, and they forgot that they were children of God. Now, the challenge of doing the right thing in the tension spaces of life is common to all vocations. For example, it is harder to perform in the pressure of a game than in the comfort of practice. A basketball player can calmly hit shot after shot in the gym, but may tense up and shoot an air ball when the game is on the line with 15,000 people in the stands and a couple million more watching on TV. The key to learning to do the right thing in the tension spaces of life is practice over time. The players who routinely perform well in tensioned moments under pressure are almost always those who are notable for long hours of practice honing their craft. They are also invariably players who experienced failure in the earlier parts of their career and allowed themselves to learn from it. The Christians who become most proficient in being faithful in pressured moments are those who are most consistent in their devotion to prayer and spiritual disciplines over long periods of time. And they are invariably those who have learned from their past failures. This highlights the truth that progress in the faith is not easy. This point is often misunderstood because faith in our time is leavened with the leaven of the consumer culture. 
And this teaches us that faith should always make us feel good and that there is an easy answer to every challenge. Many people believe that God's presence will always result in good feelings and that any struggle with temptation means that God is somehow absent from them. But Jesus didn't feel good in the wilderness or in the Garden of Gethsemane. The martyrs don't feel good when they're suffering. Temptation never feels good, and the struggle to resist always requires effort. Faith and the gift of the Spirit do not free us from effort. They free us from, <clears throat> they free us from futility. Our work in Christ produces the fruit of the Spirit. We should note on Mother's Day that <clears throat> the image of labor and childbirth is one of the preeminent ways the New Testament and the Bible in general illustrates the labor of life in Christ. We work hard, but it produces results, produces new life, something that mothers experience most of the time, the benefit of it. In all human endeavors, it's impossible to do something well without first doing it poorly for a long period of time and learning from it. Thus, as we engage the spiritual battle, we won't do as well at first as we ought or want to do. God knows this. He wants us as his children to learn and grow and never give up. The primary temptation of the Christian life is the temptation to give up. There's a pattern to learning and growing. First, we must return to our prayer, confess our sins, and receive, again, the grace of forgiveness. Grace is always the first step in spiritual growth. We cannot move forward until our relationship with God is restored, until we remember, again, who we really are. The next step is to consider what happened, what made us anxious and reactive, what caused us to forget? How can we change our habits of behavior to avoid repeating the pattern? We return to the battle with increased wisdom and strength to resist more firmly next time. As we continue in the process, we grow into the image of Christ, the gap between our profession and our behavior diminishes over time. This is God's work in us, which we participate in by persevering faith. Growth into the image of God is not a self-help project. It is the fruit of unceasing prayer. In today's gospel, Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. This is an astounding promise. It is squandered when we focus our prayer mostly on things we want in this world. However, if we pray continually and without ceasing, that God will forgive our sins and help us to experience his forgiveness and his grace 
in new ways. If we pray continually for strength to fight the spiritual battle more valiantly, if we pray for wisdom to learn and grow from our failures, if we, like the persistent widow in Luke chapter 17, persevere in our prayer and do not lose heart, our Heavenly Father will give us what we ask for. We will stand ever more firmly in our faith in the tension spaces of life as witnesses for Christ. Our interior experience of joy and peace will grow and the external anxiety of the world will have a diminishing influence on us. We will grow in our ability to be doers of the word and not hearers only. As Jesus said in the gospel, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have conquered the world. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.